0: chapter eight of jimmie dale and the phantom clue by frank l packard this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by anna simon jimmie dale pays a visit it was Smarlinghue, the drug wrecked artist who ten minutes later by the street entrance inviting even the nods of recognition from some of the loungers round about entered the dingy tenement and scuffled along the musty dark unlighted hallway to the squalid rear room on the ground floor. The sanctuary. It was Jimmy Dale, in dinner jacket, the millionaire clubman, who stealthily gained the street again by way of the old French window, the refuse-strewn courtyard, the board in the high fence that swung aside at the touch, and finally the lane. Another ten minutes, and he was sauntering nonchalantly along a narrow, crowded street, whose curbs were lined with pushcarts, whose sidewalks were thronged with shawled women and coatless, swarthy men, whose gutters were the playground for almost naked children. Thompson Street was in the heart of New York, just off West Broadway, not far from the homes of the old-time aristocracy of Washington Square, but it was also in a foreign land. But Mother Margot, with her pushcart, was not here tonight. He had hardly expected she would be. His face was set as he made his way back now to the Bowery, and from there headed still deeper into the east side. There was nothing for it now but Mother Margot's rooms. A few blocks farther brought him within sight of the tenement that was his destination, and his pace slowed as he passed the narrow alleyway over which the police had kept a of guard on the night they had pounded at Isaac Shiftel's door inside. There was a light in the window— the same window through which he and the Phantom, alias Isaac Schiftel, or perhaps better on that occasion, alias Gentleman Laroque, had first had warning that the police were without. Mother Margot, then, had presumably returned home. He was opposite the tenement door now. He halted abruptly, ostensibly to watch the efforts of a man across the road who was attempting to start an old car that was backfiring viciously in reality, to allow some nearby pedestrians to pass by. And then, suddenly, Jimmy Dale had disappeared from the street, and in another instant in the dark, murky hall, was standing before Mother Margot's door. From one of the pockets in the leather girdle beneath his outer garments that harboured, too, its little blue steeled burglar's kit, he took out his black silk mask and slipped it over his face. His lips tightened a little, as his right hand closed over the automatic in the side pocket of his dinner jacket. Who knew? There was a light in there that was true, but he was not necessarily sure that it was Mother Margot, or that Mother Margot was alone. He knocked upon the door. There was no answer. He knocked again. This time there came the sound of a shuffling footstep crossing the floor within, and then the door was cautiously opened, and Mother Margot, holding a candle above her head, peered out into the hallway. "'My God! Yous!' she whispered hoarsely. "'What are you doing here?' Jimmie Dale smiled beneath his mask. "'Have you forgotten, Mother Margot?' he said softly. "'I promised you a visit, you know.' He stepped forward, but she blocked his way at the threshold. "'Go away! Go away from here!' she breathed wildly. "'I don't see why I should just yet.' said jimmie dale quietly and wouldn't it be better if we had our interview inside instead of out here it wouldn't be quite so public no she said frantically she kept glancing behind her over her shoulder in a terrified way Ah, go away for the love of god go away before we get caught who's in there then demanded jimmie dale sharply no one she answered "'There ain't no one there. At least I don't know whether there is or not.' Jamie Dale stared at the old hag for a moment, speculatively. "'You don't know?' he injected a caustic note into his voice. "'What do you mean by that?' "'Didn't I tell you the other night?' she was still whispering hoarsely. "'Didn't I tell yous what they said? That they was figuring on yous coming here sometime. That's what I means. I ain't never seen no one in here but me.' but sometimes i'm scared sometimes i'm sure some one is watching me and-and i can't see no one don't you see i'm playing straight with youse if i wasn't i'd let you in and ah, oh my god get away from here if i'm caught tipping yous off they'd put a knife into me that's what they do we'll be less likely to be seen or caught without that light then said jimmie dale coolly he leant forward suddenly caught her arm and blew the candle out now, don't move! He was past her in an instant, and with quick, silent tread, his step as noiseless as though he possessed the padded paws of a cat, he made the circuit of the two rooms. And then he was back again beside her at the threshold. The rooms, so far as any outward, visible evidence of human presence was concerned, were empty. Nevertheless, he drew Mother Margot out into the dark hallway now, and closed the door silently behind them. What is it? she faltered. "'What is it youse once? "'A little information. Perhaps a little more than information,' said Jimmy Dale evenly. "'You said something a minute ago about playing straight with me. I'm not so sure about you, Mother Margot. That's why I'm here. I telephoned you this morning, and you swore you had not heard from the voice since that night at Mrs. Kinsey's.' "'It was the truth,' she said quickly. "'I'm so glad you always tell the truth.' he said tersely, because then, of course, you'll tell me now all about hip foos tonight. She drew in her breath sharply. "'My God!' she stammered. you he knows about that?' "'Go on, Mother Margot,' Jimmy Dale prompted curtly. "'There—there there ain't nothing to tell.' She was obviously groping for inspiration. "'The Bulls raided the place almost as soon as I got there.' and I beat it on the jump for home.' "'Don't lie,' snapped Jimmie Dale sternly. "'There is a good deal to tell. Shall I help your memory?' He was quite sure of his ground. peddler Joe's story made the Phantom's and Bunty Myers' connection with the night's work a practical certainty. "'Don't you think Bunty Myers and Connie Pfeffer's ten thousand is worth telling about, Mother Margot?' The shot went home. The old hag shrank back against the wall. He heard her mumbling incoherently. I'm waiting, said Jimmie Dale coldly. I-I can't! she burst out. I-I daren't! I think you can, Jimmie Dale answered sharply, and I am sure that it will be much the safer thing for you to do. As a last resort, for instance, if you forced my hand, the police might be very much interested to learn that mother Margot knew something about the Levinson bank robbery, and—'I—I I tell you, she broke in. "'My God! What can I do? What else can I do? I—I'll come across—' "'When you telephoned me today, I hadn't heard nothing. It was only about six o'clock that the voice told me to take the message over to Hipfoo's, and be there by half-past eight. See? There wasn't no way I could tell yous, was there? I ain't the only one that don't know where the grey sea lives, am I?' "'No,' said Jimmie Dale, evenly, "'and will dispense with any discussion "'as to what you would have done "'if you had known. "'Go on.' "'It was to meet Bunty Myers "'and another of Gentleman Laroque's gang "'named Muller.' "'Mother Margot's whisper was scarcely audible. "'And, and it was about Connie Pfeffer all right. "'I was to tell him "'that Connie had seen the error of his ways "'and opened up, "'and that the coin was in the house "'with the broken stairs.' "'and shoved in under one of them.' She paused, and in the semi-darkness Jimmy Dale could see her jerking her head in a queer, bird-like way furtively about her. "'What's its other name?' demanded Jimmy Dale shortly. She looked at him, puzzled. "'The other name of what?' "'The house with the broken stairs.' Jimmy Dale's tones were uncompromising. "'Why, it's Butler Joe's, of course,' she answered. This knows where that is everybody does peddler joe for a moment jimmie dale stared at her was peddler joe too playing a game the figure of the old man full of misery from what seemed genuine distress and fear rose before him but against this was peddler joe's record was this the way he had brought up his young protege to play in with him hand and glove and yet those bruises on the man's neck and throat they were genuine enough again jimmie dale lunged in the dark and won peddler joe had nothing to do with it he snapped don't try any holding out on me mother margot i ain't holding out nothing on you, she protested i didn't say peddler joe was in it connie beat it for joe's after putting the robbery at the bank that day so's to work up an alibi, you see but the bull's pinched him quicker than he figured he hears them coming while he's there see and when piddler joe ain't looking he shoves the envelope with the cash in under one of the broken stairs and when the bulls bust in they don't find nothing and they ain't got nothing on connie and after putting him through for a few hours down at headquarters they has to let him go jimmie dale nodded exactly he said tersely and the reason he didn't go back for the money was because he never got a chance your gang got him and started in to apply less humane but evidently more effective measures to make him talk than the police did. Mother Margot drew in her breath. "'I guess yous knows the whole lay. My God, yous ain't human, are yous?' "'There's hip foos,' suggested Jimmy Dale, grimly. "'Yes,' she mumbled. "'But there ain't nothing much to that now yous knows the rest. I just give him the message when the bulls started the raid and we beat it.' They are to go down there after Pedler Jokes gets to sleep, and pinch the dough, that's all. "'Not quite,' said Jimmy Dale. "'There's Connie Pfeffer. Did they go the limit with him? Is he dead?' Mother Margot shook her head. "'No, I he ain't. Not quite. He'll be all right after a while, but I guess he'd just come through with the dope in time. Him and one of Laroque's men that's supposed to be a man-nurse in charge of an infirmary is on their way west for somewhere now.' that gets connie out of here so as he don't get a chance to butt in and spill anything to puddle joe or some other pal that'd help him out and besides it's a kind of a stake they're givin him so as the bulls won't bother him no more again jimmie dale was silent for a moment it was clear cut wasn't it the work that was ahead now there was no choice was there there was only one thing to do he could not go to a telephone say and tip the police off to the hiding-place of the money for the fact that it would be found in Peddler joe's would convict pedler joe as an accomplice the man innocent though he was would not have a chance his known intimacy with the mole and the fact that connie Pfeffer had been found there shortly after the robbery both of which reasons had already resulted in a grilling for the old man from the authorities and above all pedler joe's own record would all right said jimmie dale abruptly let's go "'Go!' Mother Margot crouched back against the wall. "'Go where?' "'To Pedler Joe's,' said Jimmy Dale curtly. "'Me!' she flung out her arms wildly. "'Me! Go there! Ah, oh, my God, not that! If they caught me, they'd—they'd they'd croak me! I don't dare! My God, I don't dare! They'd kill me! I've told yous all I knows! You ain't got no use for me there!' "'Oh, yes, I think I have!' said jimmie dale coolly i'd feel a little more comfortable if i knew where mother margot was and what she was doing during the next half hour but but you can trust me she faltered possibly admitted jimmie dale evenly but not to the extent of staking my life on it it would be rather awkward for me if you communicated with the voice say while i was no no i swear i won't she whispered frantically oh for god's sake don't make me do that if they seize me if they catches me they'll know i snitched and they'll twist me throat and put a knife into me it was quite true if caught under any such circumstances mother margot's life would not be worth a moment's purchase but then mother margot would not be caught bunty myers and whoever was to accompany him were not to go there until late to-night not until they would expect pedler joe to be in bed and asleep at the present moment Petler Joe was out roaming miserably about the streets in his hopeless search. The place would be empty, there would be no risk for Mother Margot, and he, Jimmy Dale, was certainly by no means sure enough of her to leave her free to communicate with her confederates and trap him like a rat if she chose to do so. "'They won't catch you,' his tones were peremptory now. "'You go ahead. I'll follow, where I can keep my eye on you.' I can't very well walk through the streets with a mask on my face. And I would a little rather prefer, Mother Margot, that all you saw was a mask. And besides, it might be just as well for your sake that you should not be seen in company with anyone. You say you know Peddler Joe's place? Well, so do I. When you turn into the wagon drive, I'll join you. Now then.' Again she shrank back. "'No, no,' she pleaded. Uh, "'I'm scared.' You don't know what you're doing. He's going to get me killed, that's what it means. I don't want to make any noise that might be heard back there in your room by the unseen watcher that you appear to be so much afraid of,' he said coldly. "'But you're either going with me, or it is going to be a showdown right here, Mother Margot. You understand?' He caught her by the arm and pushed her toward the front door. "'Now go,' she moved forward along the hall." He could see her wringing her hands. "'My God!' she whispered. And again, "'My God!' End of chapter 8